Hello and welcome to the Friday the 22nd of November edition of the We Ginger Dubcast with me and Stuart Ward from How's the National. Going? Good, yeah, good, good. Recovered from a trauma in Prestwick. The trauma in Prestwick. The trauma in Prestwick. Yeah, I was down helping Philippa Whitford's campaign. Mm-hmm. I went down to, went out with her canvassing team. It was a great time. They're a great team. And um, I got a flat tyre. You got a flat tire. I got a flat tire. I was actually driving to the bit where the canvassing was. I had Philippa in the car with me, and oh. there was traffic blocking one side of the street. I, mean, I had right away. Mm-hmm. This guy came bombing down the street towards me, so I had to back up to let him out because he was neat, you know, even though I'd right away. And I hit the curb, and it gave me a flat tire, which I didn't realise until I got back to the car after the end of it. Um, and then we couldn't change the wheel. Because it was, we, we got it jacked up. So, big thank you, by the way, to SNP Pit Crew. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you. Uh, we got the car jacked up. We got the, the nuts taken off the wheel, and it wouldn't move, wouldn't budge. And um, got back on track after that, and eventually. Yes, yeah, yeah. I put the spare tyre on, and I got back to Glasgow, and it's now fixed. And. Did you spot who was driving the car? It wasn't any Tory MSP, was it? it was no, a- well, it could have been, actually. Mm. Now you think it looks suspiciously like Margaret Curran. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Come to think of it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so. so, this week we had the great debate. The great debate. The master debaters. All of them. Yeah, the, all two of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn had their debate on ITV. It was... Rubbish. It was rubbish. It's the technical term. Mm-hmm. Um, Boris Johnson won't shut up. Just constantly. Yes, I know I'm always accused of interrupting, but he's even worse than me. He and he's no, males, shall we say? <laughs> he's got flaw, 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 flaw. <laughs> but yeah, he just wouldn't shut up. He talked over everybody. He constantly was attacking Jeremy Corbyn. Whenever he, he wouldn't answer a question, he was just constantly on the attack. Jeremy Corbyn just missed open goal after open goal after open goal. When there was a question about trust, how can we trust you, came up, you know. And all you have to do, you know, to prove the untrustworthiness of Boris Johnson, there's one question, just one question you need to ask him. How many children do you have? That's all you need to say. You know, and Boris Johnson can't answer that question. He's refused to so many times. Exactly, it's even on his Twitter. Uh, he's not his Twitter. His, his Wikipedia page <laughs> under children. It's five or six. Mm-hmm. You know, but Jeremy Corbyn won't go there. You know, and he didn't give a convincing question on um, Brexit at all. I and mean, that's what Johnson constantly kept attacking him about. On the other hand, you know. Uh, so he got Corbyn got laughed at for that and then on the other hand uh, Boris Johnson got laughed at when he, he said that he believed that you know it was the importance of trust and honesty in politics <laughs> <laughs> and the audience laughed saying those words as the Tories changed their Twitter handle exactly. of their press office to fact check UK exactly yes exactly and they just brazened that out totally mm-hmm. but the, the debate itself I think People were expecting, you know, that because Boris Johnson's always been built up as this great communicator, mm-hmm. and I think he really struggled actually in that debate. We just saw that he's not the great communicator that. 
people that the Tory party think he is. You know, he appeals to a very narrow audience, I think. He doesn't have the, the traction with the wider public that you know, that the, the Tories thought he was going to have. And we've seen some hints of that during even Prime Minister's questions, you know. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, the amount of times he's kind of fallen apart under the pressure, and this isn't some kind of master debater, as we were saying earlier. Yeah. It really isn't. It's just, he he's falls apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Corbyn's just I mean, <laughs> hopeless as well, you know. <laughs> he did get a very good line when they were asked about the monarchy, you know, because, you know, the whole Prince Andrew thing. And he, he, he just said it needs some improvement, <laughs> which was a, which was quite a good line. Mm-hmm. That's putting it mildly. It is, yes, it? it is putting it mildly. Uh, whereas Boris, Boris Johnson said, you know, total absolute faith and trust in the institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, 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 right. And then the very next day, Prince Andrew says that he's stepping down from public life to go and spend some time with other people's money. <laughs> Wise decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If only we could all. Um, but it was, uh, I think. Uh, YouGov did a poll, uh, and it was like 51% thought Johnson had won, 49% thought Corbyn had won. But interestingly, uh, amongst undecided voters, a clear majority thought that Corbyn had come off better. So that was interesting. Mm. So I suspect that... I think we're, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a big Tory lead at the moment, but I think we might be heading for another hung parliament. It feels that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah because nobody likes either of them, really. So it's a question of voting for who you like the least, pretty much. And just, uh, we can come back to Boris and, and Jeremy as well, but obviously there was the kind of Joe Swinson segment afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the little seg- the, the programme that they had, the, I think the official title of it was Oh My God, They're Suing Us, We Better Do Something Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the official title. Yeah. And, and obviously Joe was talking about, um, asked if he would... Use nuclear weapons and Aye. just said no in the blink of an eye. Sorry, yes, said yes, yes, sorry said yes, yes in the blink of an eye. Yes, just, yes, yeah. What did you make of that little? Well, it was inter- it was it was more the response from the interviewer mm. who said, "Oh, thank you for that brilliant short answer." <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's th- it's this unchallenged thing about. I mean, we're talking here about weapons of mass destruction. We're talking about a decision to evaporate hundreds and thousands of people and condemn. Millions more to a slow, lingering, agonising death. Mm. That's what we're talking about here. And there are no questions about whether does why does the United Kingdom have a nuclear nuclear weapons? You know, do they serve any strategic purpose? What are they for? You know, is this not all a massive waste of money? Is it all maybe just it's a political thing about ensuring that the UK has a seat on the UN security? I mean, what's the purpose of Trident? About the amount of money that we spend on it? None of that. It was just, oh yes, thank you. Yes, you of course nice you'll quick use answer, them. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's that unchallenged assumption about the place of the United, the United Kingdom in the world. And that's what politicians should be challenging. And what the media should mm-hmm. be challenging politicians on, but they don't. There's, it's this cosy little view of, you know, this red, white and blue, you know, bubble that they live in. And, uh, I mean, as well as that, it's the fact that Joe's answer was so short. It shouldn't have been. It should have been. She should have at least said something along the lines of, well, it would be a hard decision, but well, exactly. wasn't even, it wasn't even, yeah. you didn't even get that much no, from her. No, not at all. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about the Labour manifesto later as well, but just to see here as well, it's kind of, I mean, Jeremy Corbyn's obviously been a, a kind of long, long time 
anti-nuclear. Mm. The Labour Manifesto in the UK commits to maintaining Trident, and the Scottish Labour Manifesto today, um, which, even though the Scottish Labour position is opposition, is sticking with the UK position. So, I mean, it's of, of maintaining Trident. Is there such a thing as a Scottish well, Labour that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, you know, it's just such a lack of principles. And as you're saying, it just feels because this kind of frame around it, this UK frame around yeah. it, is so dominant yeah, that you just exactly. can't even question it. You know, and of course with Joe Swinson, I mean, we're talking about a nuclear weapon system which is just... 15 miles away from her constituency. Mm-hmm. You know, her constituency will be evaporated in the event of a nuclear war, but of course Joe Swinson doesn't live there, <laughs> so, you know. Um, um, with the debate as well, they mentioned um, the Union and Nicholas Sturgeon. Well, yeah. Several, several yeah, times. It came, I mean, it was practically the first time it came up. Mm-hmm. You know, and the SNP, there, there was no one there to put the alternative point of view. I mean, they were talking about, of course, we're not going to allow an independence referendum. And they were basically trying to assert, you know, we're not allowing the Scots to have a say credentials. Mm. And there was absolutely no one there to put the, the case that, well, wait a minute, isn't this fundamentally undemocratic? That if the people of Scotland vote for a party that wants another independence referendum, if they vote for it, they've already put a government into power with that you know, mandate. They're going to do it again in this election. They might well do it again in 2021. And you're still saying we're not going to give Scotland the right to have a say because of some personal comments made by a couple of politicians back in 2015. You know, and that's frankly an outrage. It's traducing the whole concept of democracy, and yet they're not being challenged on that. And it was re- outrageous that they were allowed to make Scotland, you know, a central part of their pitch to the electorate, but no one from Scotland was there actually to to give any sort of Scottish perspective, even. No, you know. And that was that was frankly outrageous. Absolutely. That was outrageous. And it's going as I said before, it's going to every home in Scotland. I mean of course if you're gonna yeah. do that you need to have some semblance of balance, especially during an election period. And it just wasn't there, even slightly. Well the thing is if we if we really are in a union, mm. right, as they keep on telling us that we are, then each part of that union has to be represented fairly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're not in a union. Because what we saw in that election debate wasn't a UK general election debate. That was an English general election debate. Because the political landscape in each of the countries of the United Kingdom is very distinct. And that wasn't reflected at all in that debate. What we got was England's political priorities dressed up as the political priorities of the UK as a whole. And that's the fundamental problem with the United Kingdom. And I've said this before, you know, the, the, the people who oppose Scottish independence tell me what measures are in place to protect Scotland from English nationalism. And there aren't any. Mm-hmm. None at all. And it's kind of, I mean, just I mean, just last night, Nicola Sturgeon obviously won her Scottish Politician of the Year award. And I mean, that... That's only because Ruth Davis is not... It here, is, isn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no comment. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that was, I mean, that's them even recognising, there's people even recognising that she's had this huge influence over this past, you know, past year especially, this huge influence on UK politics. Yes. Enormous. 
And well, she's on the debate tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's her and it's Nicola Sturgeon, it's Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn, Nicola Sturgeon, and Joe Swinson. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is a testament to her influence in UK politics. It is. And for that not to be recognised, it's just. I don't know why ITV didn't do no, that. No, exactly. They're the only ones not to recognise it. Well, they're not the only ones for now. Well, exactly. There's yeah. Sky looking at you as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Sky's actually Sky's coverage of Scotland is deplorable. Mm. It really is deplorable. So, and that gets me onto Channel Four. <laughs> <laughs> they had a segment there, and I've always thought. I mean, we're talking, admittedly, about a very low bar here, you mm. know, in terms of UK coverage of Scottish the Scottish debate. Um, but Channel Four's probably the least bad out a bad bunch mm-hmm. in general. But they had this piece uh, the other night, uh, looking at you know. How this election's affecting the union. That's what it was billed as. And tonight we're coming from Scotland. And basically they spoke to some farmers and some fishermen. <laughs> because they're the only people in Scotland. Of course. You know, that's it. Some farmers, some fishermen. Oh, and Ian Rankin. Some farmers, some fishermen, some Ian Rankin, and one person who supports independence. That's, that's generous of them. It that really was, is. Aye, that was it. And a considerable chunk of that segment, that report, was made up of talking to farmers in the north of England. In the north of England? Yeah, yeah, because farmers in Cumbria mm. and how Scottish independence would affect them, because obviously the most important question about Scottish independence is how it affects people in England. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what it's all about, really, is how it affects people in England. Yeah, and that's that, local partners. You know, that's the perspective you get from the UK media, it's all about how this affects England. And that's why... Of course, there was no Scottish voice in that debate in ITV because it's fundamentally, it's all about England. It mm-hmm. always has been. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's that kind of stereotypical view of, of what Scotland's like. I mean, Scotland, the demographics of Scotland, as anybody who lives in Scotland knows, is overwhelmingly concentrated in the Central Belt. 80% of the Scottish population lives in the Central Belt. Uh, we are a predominantly, you know, post-industrial, uh, urbanised country. But if you look at these reports on the UK national media about the Scottish election, you would think that everybody in Scotland was either a farmer or a fisherman. And to be fair, I do have a peg up my clothes, <laughs> but that's not a nice thing to say about my neighbour. <laughs> Your neighbour doesn't listen to this oh, podcast, no, right? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, no, no, it wasn't you, it was that other guy. <laughs> No, you're, it's exactly right, and and, and it, it's just it's, it all contributes to this bigger issue as well. It, it just feeds into each other when, you know, there's just no understanding of how Scottish politics works. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. you don't cover it, and then it just creates a cycle, yeah. which is just. But then that distorts the debate in Scotland, mm. and that's the issue here. Because in Scotland we have a very different set of agenda, we have a very different political agenda, we have a very different political landscape, but because. Scotland isn't able to have a debate on its own terms. We we are fed this constant diet of news, views and opinion from a London particularly perspective. And that distorts the debate within Scotland. You know, and I think it's one of the reasons why there's less assertion from like the likes of the SNP, for example, in terms of, of independence, because it's not reflected in the media. So they've got this uphill battle because, you know, people just turn on the television and they see Scotland as something that's marginalised, the independence question is something that's marginalised so they think it's not important. So it's very difficult, it makes it harder to assert the case for it, even though we're now in a, 
you know, where half the population of Scotland support Scottish independence. So it's, 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 it's very difficult, you know, with the media landscape in Scotland. But that's what we're stuck with. That's what we have to deal with. So, as well as, as this, we've kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but we have we had Labour's manifesto. Yeah. What did you make of Labour's manifesto? I like the idea of free broadband, because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. hate virgin media. <laughs> but, you know. Um, so, you know, we've talked about Trident as well before. And other, I should say other broadband providers <laughs> are available. <laughs> to other, broadband broad, other broadband providers are available to loathe as well. <laughs> as well. You, can, you can loathe Sky and BT as well. And obviously, I mean, I don't know if people saw Question Time last night, but there had been quite a, a kind of fuss this morning. There was one of the audience members was moaning about the kind of tax on the top 5% of earners. Right, yeah. and, and he was... Going out, and it turned out he was earning more than eighty thousand. He just he didn't think earning more than eighty thousand a year put you in the top fifty percent. Was what he said. Uh, um, so I mean, this he thought that half people wouldn't earn more than eighty thousand. He was year. yeah. He was saying, "I'm so not in the top five percent. I'm not in the top five. I'm not even in the top fifty percent." And then later he was saying, "You're in the top five percent if you're if you're earning more than eighty thousand. You are. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, just really staggering this mindset is." Um, this is it's kind of interesting as well. <laughs> Often the, the tax debate gets conflated with Scotland, which obviously has a kind of different. We've got kind of different systems going on as well, and yeah. it feeds into that whole issue again of inadequate coverage. It was, however, a, a radical uh, manifesto. I mean, in the late, it was it was far more radical than their manifesto back in two thousand and seventeen. Mm. And I suspect, I get the, the feeling that Labour's got, oh, well, we're way behind the polls, we may as well just go for broke. Yeah. You know, you may as well be a, you may as well be hanging for a sheep as for a lamb, mm. you know, that phrase. And I think they're going, it, let's just nationalise everything. <laughs> you know, let's just go full, out, full fat socialism. Let's just go for broke here mm. because we're going to get slaughtered in the media anyway. And I can see the logic to that, you know, because they are going to get slaughtered in the media anyway. But it is a very bold... Uh, camp ma- manifesto um, they are already getting slaughtered in the media for it uh, the, however the fundamental problem that the Labour Party's got is that people just don't trust Jeremy Corbyn that's the problem and apparently that's what constantly comes up on the doorsteps is that they just don't trust Jeremy Corbyn you know and I think they're really going to struggle to get their message I think if they had a far, if they had a different leader hmm. they would be romping this election I really do, and it's a shame that that we are in such that, that one of the worst political parties I can ever remember the Tories. I mean, Tories have always been horrible, but this particular bunch of Tories are worse than Thatcher. You know, they are horrible, horrible people, and they have a really good chance of winning this election mm-hmm. because of the ineffectiveness of the Labour Party. You know. Um, yeah, we mentioned earlier about the fact check UK thing that they did on Twitter that they pretended to be a neutral fact checking organisation on Twitter um, during the election, uh, during the debate sorry, and afterwards they wouldn't even apologise for no. it, they were totally blatant about, well we don't care mm-hmm. uh, who was it, it was Dominic Rab, Dominic Rab, uh, Foreign Secretary on, James uh, Cleverley as well was James Cleverley as well, but Dominic Rab said that no one gives a toss about the cut and thrust of social media, you know, <laughs> they don't care uh, Michael Gove in that Channel 4 mm-hmm. uh, broadcast was asked about it, uh, asked if he would apologise and would say that they wouldn't do that again and he, no 
I'm not apologising no and I'm not saying that we're not going to do it again we have perfectly right to do it blah 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 mm. you know and then he actually tried to attack the integrity of the reporter saying that you know this is left wing propaganda you've got an agenda you know it was pure Trumpian playbook they were caught out in a blatant lie and they just didn't care and it was like sir we don't care no, no we'll guide it again if we want what are you going to do about it you know and truth has just gone totally out the window with the Tories you know Boris Johnson the very first thing he said when he did the debate the other night was a lie you know asserting that there was a deal between Nicola Sturgeon and, and Jeremy Corbyn and there isn't there is no deal you know uh, but he keeps saying it and people believe him mm-hmm. you know and that's the big tragedy of the UK, UK politics are fundamentally broken, fundamentally broken, and I cannot see any way in which they can be fixed. No, and it's not our job to fix them. No, no, frankly, no, it's not our tried. job to fix them. No, no, it's not Scotland's job to be the, you know, it's not Scotland's job to be the airbag in the car crash of English mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the role that, that they want us to have. And I mean, there was even polls during the debate, after the debate, sorry, about, and it was kind of showing the, the difference in trustworthiness between the two and people trusted Jeremy Corbyn far more than Boris Johnson but yeah. they just didn't just didn't care I mean it doesn't and then you know Boris Johnson was still seen as more ministerial or whatever it, it now it's UK in the UK sense kind of trust you know, is div- just being displaced from a ministerial quality and the Tories just keep eroding it and eroding it further oh, yeah. and further and it's because that we can't hold them to account mm-hmm. you know what how do we how do we tackle them? We we can't because we have an electoral system which the Tories will not get anything approaching a majority of the population to vote for them. Mm-hmm. You know, not remotely close to it, but they could still. I mean, and this happened with Labour governments as well. Uh, you can in this country in the United Kingdom that you can get an absolute crushing majority in the House of Commons with thirty five percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's outrageous. That is an outrageous state of affairs. It's fundamentally undemocratic. But that's where we are with the United Kingdom. And because we have this undemocratic and unrepresentative political system, we can't hold politicians effectively to account. They can say what the hell they want. And we also have, particularly in Scotland, a media which isn't reflective of the population as a whole and which sees its job as being more to defend the status quo than... The, to allow the dreaded independence question to raise its ugly head, you know, and it makes it doubly difficult for us in Scotland to try and articulate our points of view, because we are drowned out by the media and we're drowned out in a political system in which we're a permanent minority, you know. So the United Kingdom just isn't fit for purpose. But one of the things I've always said is that United Kingdom could only work as a polity as long as Scotland and England were on the same page politically. And for much of the 20th century, we were. You know, Scotland alternated between Tory and Labour, England alternated between Tory and Labour. And Scotland, if it didn't get a government that it voted for, it could always tell itself, oh, well, in five years' time, that's just the way it goes, you know. And we could allow ourselves to believe the myth of union. But with Scottish politics and an the politics of the rest of the United Kingdom diverging, it's now becoming impossible to sustain that myth that we are actually in a union. You know, we are in a unitary state in which Scotland is a subordinate 
part a Scotland, a part which isn't allowed to express itself and which isn't allowed to even to to give itself the right to discuss its own future. It's conditional on the permission of a prime minister that we didn't vote for, and that's okay with most of the media in Scotland, which is that's an outrageous state of affairs. But that's where we are. That's where we are. That's where we are. So it makes it all the more important that we vote for pro-independence parties in this general election. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this a lot, actually. And I also think it's really important for no voters who voted Remain, particularly those who are in conservative constituencies in Scotland, they need to vote SNP. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 a, it's not an ideal choice for them. But they have to vote SNP because the priority is to limit the Conservatives' freedom of movement on Brexit. You know, they talk about a lot about free, abolishing. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to remove freedom of movement from the Tories. That's what we have to do. And the way to do that is to reduce the Tory vote and to reduce the number of Tory MPs. And in Scotland, if you're in a Conservative constituency in Scotland, the most effective way to do that is to make sure you vote SNP. Because fundamentally, Brexit's happening in January. You know, uh, independence is a question for another day, and you will still be able to vote no if and when another independence referendum comes about. So, tactically, I think that people who are no voters who oppose Brexit should vote SNP, uh, particularly in Conservative constituencies. Can the Southwest as well? It's really, really important in areas like that, isn't it? Um, I yeah, that's where you're from. It is, isn't it? Just yeah. please vote. <laughs> um, so, although, although I won't, be, although that isn't where I'll be voting. No. So, have you heard anything from what's going on down there? I've not really, apart from kind of what we were saying before, that there's kind of signs of. I mean, I've, I've thought as well. I think they're getting the vote a bit more animated in terms of independence and stuff is going to help a lot, even though that area is not as pro independence. So, why are there all these Tory voters down there? <laughs> what, what's going on with them? As, uh, that's that's a whole other podcast segment. <laughs> we'll, we're going to get into that in a separate special yes, election. Give us podcast. the view from Galloway. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that would be. I mean, that'd be interesting to do. But it is, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's. I, I think it's. Uh, you know, obviously Richard Arkless was in, but not this election one before. So you know, it's going to be a really interesting battleground. So. I'm going down to do a campaign event for him mm-hmm. on the seventh of December. I mm-hmm. think that is. Um, I've got a few actually things that because you know I'm, I'm I was going to ask what we got coming up in the calendar. Well, yeah, I mean, as I was, I was getting a flat tire in Presswick. Uh, <laughs> that was the other day. Uh, I'm waiting to. He- I need his phone. Actually, I promised that I would help. I would go out uh, to Anne McLaughlin's Glasgow Northeast. So if you're listening, Anne, I'm trying <laughs> to phone you and sort something out. Maybe next week. But on Tuesday, we're doing an event. Uh, Richard Walker, the editor of the National on Sunday, he's there as well. On Tuesday at seven, half past seven, in the Village Hall in Old Cumbernauld, mm-hmm. um, Cumbernauld Village. Uh, so on Tuesday the 26th, there's a, a, an event there. It's myself, Richard... Um, Maggie Chapman from the Greens is going to be there. There's another speaker as well whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. That's on Tuesday. On the 30th of the month, um, speaking at Mary Black's adoption night. Uh, so, yeah, it should be good. Actually, I noticed on Twitter because she'd put, like, 
I'm speaking, um, who are the other speakers? Me. Angela Crawley. Angela Crawley and, and, and Alan Bissett. Alan Bissett. That's it. Alan Crawley. Uh, Alan Crawley and Angela <laughs> Bissett. Aye. Aye. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so Angela and Alan and, and me are mm-hmm. the speakers, right? And the, the, the leaflet that she had advertising it, it had a photo of Alan and a photo of Angela and a picture of the dog. <laughs> I. I mean, I know, I know, I know where I figure. I know, I know my place. I know my place, and I noticed because uh, I had a wee look on Twitter when Mary had put it on Twitter, mm. and some unionist person had responded to say, you know, yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself exploiting that dog. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed. No, I don't think so. No, somehow, yeah, that dog's exploiting me. <laughs> To, to even call into question and just indie credentials is know, frankly ridiculous. No, no, that dog loves the attention, really. <laughs> and we, we did an event in Edinburgh the other week, and there was like 350, 400 people there. It was in the Queen Hall in Edinburgh. It was uh, the Yes Hub in Edinburgh mm-hmm. organised that. There was quite a few event. speakers. Mm-hmm. And we were at the backstage bit, and somebody opened the door. And the dog saw the <laughs> audience. There was like, and it just this big crowd of people, and he was off. <laughs> and it took me a quarter of an hour to get him back because he was just going round, hi, hi. <laughs> just oh, you're good. people are going to adore me. Must, it must be so helpful having that kind of canvassing help as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just he just loves it. He uh-huh. just loves it. He loves the attention of the dog. So can he can he deliver leaflets? Is that? I mean, nah, that's nah, a shame, nah, isn't nah. It? No. However, I did. Uh, you'll enjoy this. <laughs> I did a. T- uh, this was a while ago. Uh, I did a talk down in um, down in Galloway, mm-hmm. and um, oh, what was where was the town? It wasn't Dalbeatty. It was near Dalbeatty. Oh, I've forgotten the name of the place. But anyway, it was because it's that many. Excuse me. But I um, I took him out for you know before we we were going in to do the talk, mm-hmm. and I took the dog for a wee spot of exercise so that he would you know do the toilet, and he did a shit on the doorstep of the Conservative office. <sighs> Good boy. <laughs> I did clean it up. To be fair. I didn't know this story. <laughs> yeah, he did a big crap right on the doorstep. That's, well, that's perfect. I did, like I said, I, did, I, did, I was debating about it. Should I just leave it there? But no, I did I did clean it up because I never leave the house without doggy. I've got doggy bags on me the noon. I don't even have a dog yeah. with me. But yeah, and the other time in Lockerbie, mm-hmm. uh, he did a huge, huge pee in the doorstep of... Um, Oliver Mundell's <laughs> Oliver Mundell's constituency <laughs> office. He just knows it. Oh, Tony's pee on it. And people say this dog's been exploited. I don't think so. I think yeah. this dog. I think Jim was exactly what. I know what he, that dog knows exactly what he's he doing. He knows what he's yeah. doing. He also peed on the, the Tory office in uh, <laughs> in Creef as well. He knows. He sees a he Tory sees office. It. He goes, "I'm going to I'm, I'm going to pee on you," <laughs> and he does so. He just knows he has this un- mm. un- uncanny sense of knowing where to do the toilet. <laughs> Except when he was in Hoyk, of course. Mm, and I go up on the stage mm. and, I, uh, and do the talk in Hoyk. Uh, it was actually for Alex Sam's sister that had organised it. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. And I'm, I'm in mid-flow mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everybody bursts out laughing. And I'm like, oh this isn't a bit you're supposed to laugh at and I turn around and the dog's doing a massive pee they're doing a massive Jackie Bailey on the stage <laughs> oh, wow. oh, so aye so that's coming up 
I haven't got the details yet of the event. This is going to be in Stranra. Mm -hmm. It'll be on the 7th. Um, but next week, it's the 26th in uh, Cumbernauld. And then the one... Uh, I think that's only for SNP members. It will be uh, Mary Black's adoption. Mm -hmm. mate. I think that's just for local party members. I'm not sure if I'd imagine so. Uh, whereas the one in Cumbernauld is open yeah. to everybody. All the info's down on Twitter if people are interested. Anyway, yeah, speaking. and hopefully I won't get any more flat tyres. That would be a bonus, I think. Yeah. But it's definitely all to play for. I think um, there was a by-election in Edinburgh, a councillor, not in Edinburgh, sorry, in Aberdeen, last night, and the SNP vote was really good. It was mm -hmm. very healthy. So hopefully we can get people motivated to get out and vote. It's really, really important in this election because if we don't make a statement about demanding that Scotland has a right to decide its own future, Boris Johnson will decide it for us. You know, and that's that's crucial. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's that important. This is an existential election for Scotland. That's ours. So get out and vote. I got my polling card today. So did I. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually going to be voting. So there you go. So I'm in Glasgow East. That's where I live. It's actually, I'm right on the border between Glasgow mm. East and Glasgow North East. But I'm actually in Glasgow East. So and we're also doing our National Roadshow in Shettleson. Is that happening? Ha this is happening. It's, it'll be in January, so we'll talk about it a bit closer to the time. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I haven't got the total, I haven't got all the details of the venue yet. Well, it's in Glasgow East anyway, mm -hmm. which is great because I'm doing something that's local, which is really good. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like going to, you know, I did a talk in Wick, which mm -hmm. was brilliant, fantastic night. So a big thank you to everybody in Wick uh, last weekend. The hospitality was great. People were fantastic, really friendly. We had a great turnout. The hall was full. But it was a knackered drive. <laughs> you know, it was a knackered drive. Yeah. But it's good to go to places like that, but it's it's really nice to do something that's just round the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll keep the momentum up, get voting, and I think that's us for today. I think so. So we'll be back next week with more... Bleh. What God knows what we'll be next week. Yeah, about the election. That's it. Uh, but tonight there's another debate. There's Nicola Sturgeon's on mm -hmm. this one tonight. So it's Nicola Sturgeon, Joe Swinson, Boris Johnson, and Jeremy Corbyn on the BBC at seven o'clock. I'm going to be writing a wee piece for the National on Sunday about that. So I'll be watch. I'll be glued to the telly and keep an eye out for our coverage as well. Aye. Of course. So until next week. Until next week. Bye for now. Bye everyone. <laughs>